Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. With each message and series from Pastors Tim and Nathan, we hope you'll discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the message. Does your world feel like it's upside down? What would it take to make you truly happy? Is it simply about having a good job, a big house, losing 10 pounds, or being in a fulfilling relationship? Did you know that God wants you to be happy? Not the world's version of happiness. What if it's not about the contents of your bank account, but the contents of your heart? What if it's not about what you can do, but what God can do through you? God wants you to have a blessed life. God wants you to be crazy happy. All right, what's up, everybody? Happy spring. Welcome to Liquid Church. I'm Pastor Tim. Let's give a big hello. Everybody watching online, what's up, guys? How are you? Hey, you're free at one of our live locations. Welcome to church, man. So glad you're here for our spring series called Crazy Happy. How, quick show of hands. How many need a little more happy in their life this spring? It has been a crazy year, has it not? Hey, um, we've got a lot of reasons to celebrate. First off, um, Easter weekend, last weekend, we had 93 people invite Jesus Christ into their heart to be their Lord and Savior. Make some noise for new believers. Welcome to the family of God. We're glad you're part of our family. And today we're going to take some next steps, show you how to start walking with Jesus. Now, before we dive in, I want to let you know we're not quite out of the woods, obviously, with this pandemic, but there are some promising signs um, as kids are starting to return to classrooms, vaccines are ramping up. So let me give you some happy news. Um, our leadership team has begun the process of planning to resume in-person family ministry this spring. Uh, on May 2nd, we're going to be welcoming kids and students back to their classrooms on Sundays at our broadcast campus. Now, parents, that should make you crazy happy, amen, okay? Uh, right now, three out of our seven locations are open for in-person worship on weekends. But what we're doing is we're working on plans for post-pandemic uh, to reopen our other four campuses, gradually staggered in stages, as well as family ministry. And so that's going to begin on May 2nd for kids and students of volunteers in Parsippany. So if you serve on a, a Sunday this May at our broadcast campus, you'll be able to drop your kids off at Liquid Family. And we're just starting with volunteer kids first, just to thank all those faithful families who have uh, been serving the rest of us during this pandemic. We're also going to be field testing new check-in and safety protocols. And assuming all goes well, one month later on June 2nd, we'll open up to all families and children beginning at our broadcast campus. Assuming that goes well, a month later, we'll reopen Liquid Kids in Mountainside, et cetera, et cetera. You get it. We're reopening family ministry in stages, followed by the staggered reopening of our campuses. So I, I just think we got reason to be hopeful this spring and summer. Say amen if you agree, right? As our world is kind of slowly opening up, so is our church. And I'll give you a little update every few weeks. Sound good? All right. Now, let me tell you what this series, Crazy Happy, is, is all about. Because um, actually, let me start with a question. Here's, here's my question. This spring, what would it take to make you truly happy? Like, think about it. Like, if you just gut, like, what would it, you know, that question was asked of 52,000 Americans by Psychology Today. And you might be like, well, truly happy, man. And I, you know, having a good job that I actually like, I can make money and I like it. Or, or maybe it's being in a fulfilling relationship, you know. Uh, what would make me crazy happy? Tim, how about after this quarantine, how about fitting in my bathing suit? That'd make me happy, yeah. 
most people in the survey said, you know, being financially independent or secure, uh, owning a house would make them crazy happy, being attractive, having success in their career. And what's interesting is that almost every answer about happiness had to do with happenstance. In other words, the right circumstances. Like if stuff in their life was trending positive, then I'd, I'm happy. But if it's not, well, we found out in 2020, didn't we, right? Record numbers of people depressed, struggling with anxiety, isolation, even suicide, extreme unhappiness. But the reality is, if your happiness is just based on happenstance, external circumstances, whoo, buckle up, baby, you're in for a roller coaster ride. Because not a lot went right in the last 12 months. And so we need something firmer. We need something more grounded, more reliable to kind of anchor us in the ups and downs of life. Because God wants you to be happy. Did you know that? In fact, based on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in the Gospel of Matthew, I would argue that God doesn't just want you to be ordinary happy, but crazy happy. Let me explain. In Matthew chapters 5 through 7, Jesus preached the most famous sermon in history of man. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. Now, it's not a long message. In fact, it introduces eight very short but very powerful attitudes that lead to a blessed or happy life. They're called the Beatitudes. Can you say that with me? Beatitudes or the blessed attitudes. And Jesus began by saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Now, how many of you have heard like verses like that, okay? What you probably don't know is that word blessed in your Bible comes from the Greek word makarios, which means extreme happiness. Blessing or bliss. <laughs> in other words, crazy happy. Not the world's version of happiness, which again, based on circumstance, how am I doing? How's my week going? But it's this deeper state of, of inner joy, this kind of inner peace or, or inner bliss and contentedness that isn't dependent on anything external. In other words, think about it. this. God's way to happiness isn't about having the right stuff happen to you. It's about your attitude towards the stuff that happens. And these eight beatitudes are the eight keys, Jesus says, to a blessed life. Now, you're probably familiar with a few. In fact, I want to read them all out loud together here in Matthew chapter 5, first 10 verses. You can open your Bible, follow along on the screen. Jesus said this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, and here's the promise, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, let's just stop there. I actually got an idea. Again, whenever you see that word blessed, let's actually say crazy happy, okay? <laughs> That's kind of the spirit of what Jesus is saying. Okay, here we go. Verse 4, ready? Crazy happy are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Crazy happy are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Crazy happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they'll be filled. Crazy happy are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Crazy happy are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Crazy happy are the peacemakers, not peacekeepers, peacemakers, for they will be called what? Children of God. And we'll stop here, verse 10. Crazy happy are those who are persecuted. What? Because of their righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now those are the eight beatitudes or beautiful attitudes Jesus said is the key to being crazy happy. 
and you got to admit, you probably caught it when we read it, they sound kind of paradoxical. Like, happy are those who mourn? Like, what? Ha- happy are those who are persecuted? Attacked? Jesus, are you kidding me? You got it backwards. That doesn't sound like happy to me. But Jesus was saying, you know what? True happiness doesn't depend on all the things our world says it depends on, right? Acquiring money or power or possessions or more experiences. According to Jesus, it's possible to be crazy happy even when your world's falling apart. Even when your heart is breaking or things don't turn out like you hoped they would. See, so guys, if your happiness, if it depended on having all your problems solved, your happiness is about everything in your life being perfect. Like, I'll be happy. How many times do you hear that? I'll be happy once I get the perfect job or the perfect marriage or have the perfect kids. You will never be happy. <laughs> Because we live in a broken world. So understand happiness, according to Jesus, is a choice. But Christ followers have unique access to this because we have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside us. So if you let the Holy Spirit cultivate these eight beautiful attitudes or beatitudes in your soul, Jesus says, oh man, you're going to be blessed, actually more than blessed, you're going to be crazy happy. And can I just say as your pastor, I want that for you. Like I really do. Like I, I want God to bless your life. Like, if you're in school, I want God to bless your studies. If you're married, I want him to bless your relationship. I want God to bless your finances, to bless your health. I want God to bless your talent. I want God to bless your future. So I titled this, the subtitle of this series, I made it Eight Keys to a Blessed Life. And I want to teach you how to live a life that God can bless. So what we're going to do now is we're going to look in detail each of these eight crazy happy attitudes over the next few weeks so you will be ready to have a crazy happy summer. You guys ready to get happy? Make some noise in the chat if you want to be crazy happy this summer, all right? Amen. All right, let's dive in. We're just going to start with the first beatitude today. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And everybody who's listened to Jesus would have said, I'm sorry, say, what? <laughs> Excuse me, I got a little earwax in here. I, I Did you say crazy happy are the poor? (laughs) And we realize Jesus is describing a kingdom that doesn't fit what most people expected. In fact, Jesus says, yeah, uh, truly happy people, they're the poor, they're the meek, they're the hungry, they're the persecuted. It's the exact opposite of people that we think have it made, right? Think about it. Come on, I mean, like, take a look around, right? If we were going to rewrite the Beatitudes for 2021, we would say something like, um, blessed are the rich and famous because they can afford a Tesla, right? That's blessed, man. That's crazy happy. Um, let's see. Blessed are those with, with sleek abs, <laughs> for they shall have the most followers on Instagram. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> Tim, that's how the world works. Jesus, that's crazy happy in the 21st century. Happy are the rich they, who can fly first class. Happy are the famous. Happy are the popular. Happy are those who elbow their way to the top of their profession. Happy are the ones with the well-behaved kids. Amen, parents? Happy are those with a hot boyfriend or girlfriend. Nope. <laughs> Jesus says, happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, what the heck does he mean? Like, what's it mean to be poor in spirit? Well, obviously, he ain't talking about money or financial poverty. He says, blessed are the poor in what? Spirit. So he's talking about spiritual poverty. And so you might translate this. Jesus said, crazy happy are those people who live in desperate dependence on me. 
In other words, without God in their lives, they are totally poor. That Greek word for poor here was actually used of a beggar in biblical times. You guys get that? A beggar, someone who basically has their hands out there on a street corner because they're like, I ain't got a nickel to my name. I can't take care of myself. And so they're out in the streets begging. So that's what it says poor. That's what people would have thought. Can can I bum a dollar? Can, Can you spare some change? And Jesus says, the blessed person, man, the person who's crazy happy, is the person who, in the words of an old school song, ain't too proud to beg. (laughs) Their posture in life is, I can't do this, Jesus, without your resources. They're not ashamed to beg, to declare their total dependency. And and let's just be honest, right? This is like hard. (laughs) As Americans, we love independence. Amen? We don't want to depend on anybody. We are rugged individualists, men and women who are self-made. We even have a, our nation has a charter, the declaration of what? Independence. But Jesus says, crazy happy are those who declare their total dependence on me. One translation says, God blesses those who, listen to this, who recognize they are spiritually helpless. The common English version says, God blesses those who depend only on him. I like that. You see what Jesus is getting at? He says the happiest people in the world are those who actually renounce the illusion of self-sufficiency and say, I am totally, utterly, 100% dependent on my Father in heaven for everything. Without his son Jesus, I've got nothing. It doesn't matter my income, my education, my status. Without, Without his love and guidance in my life, I'm a beggar, man. I'm bankrupt. I'm spiritually poor. So to be poor in spirit means I depend on God instead of myself. Say that with me. I depend on God instead of myself. In other words, if you want God's blessing in your work, in your career, your schooling, if you want God's favor on your relationships, your finances, your family, your health, you have to humbly depend on God instead of yourself. And the question is, well, how do you do that practically? Like, like how do you depend on God in daily life, Monday through Friday, on a moment-by-moment basis? I want to really break this down in this series, try to give you practical handles you can live out. And today, I just want to give you two simple ways to put the Word of God into practice this week in your life. Here are two things you can do tomorrow to become a woman who's poor in spirit, to become a man that God loves to bless. He can, so you can depend on Him every day rather than yourself. Now, if you're taking notes, the first way is this. It's to boldly declare, I depend on God's wisdom, not my own. Everybody say wisdom. Wisdom. In other words, as you make plans, as you make decisions, you listen to God instead of your gut. (laughs) Here's a helpful verse. Look at this. Proverbs 14, it says, there is a way that, what does it say? Seems right to a man, but in the end leads to death. Underline that phrase, seems right. There's a way that seems right to us, like to human beings. <laughs> but in the end, God says, no, 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 bro. That is a dead end because you lack my wisdom. Have you ever had in life um, like this feeling that like something was like so like very, very right and you just felt it like in your gut. You're like, this is the perfect thing. And then you did it and like it just blew up in your face. Like it was a total fiasco. Okay, complete failure. Anybody here? Okay. A few years ago for Mother's Day, I had this experience. 
um, I was thinking about what kind of present to get my mom for Mother's Day. I love my mom, Elaine Lucas. She's in her 70s. I, I should, probably shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry, Mom. <laughs> She's a widow, and, uh, and she really misses my dad. And so I said to my wife, Colleen, I said, hey, you know what we should get, Mom? We should get my mom a dog for Mother's Day. She'd love that. And my wife was like, are you kidding me? She goes, your mom doesn't want a dog to look after. She's older now. She, she doesn't want to clean up after in the yard and take him for a while. She doesn't want to do all that. I said, honey, listen to me. A dog is perfect. She watches our dog when we go away, and she always says, I love the companionship. So we'll just get her like a, a small little dog, like a little lap dog, you know? And I'll never forget what Colleen said. She goes, I don't think that's a good idea. And I'm like, you're right. It's not a good idea. It's a great idea. And so against my wife's better judgment, we take the kids to the puppy pound, and we picked out a puppy. Here's a picture. We named her Lily. Take a look. Isn't that cute, adorable? That's Lily Lucas. And so on Mother's Day, we put Lily in a crate. We actually went to church, and we brought my mom home to surprise her after the service. And the first hint that something was off was when we walked into the house, and the whole house smelled like Shih Tzu. That's her breed. Lily was a Shih Tzu, okay? And so I go downstairs to her crate, and it's covered literally in dog dew. Like she's a Shih Tzu. She evacuated her bowels like she's a Great Dane. It was all over the floor in her fur, and she just sits there like this, wagging her tail. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end leads to stained carpets. And so I tell the kids, I'm like, quick, clean her up. We've got to surprise grandma. And so they actually gave her a quick bath. They blow dry her hair. We stuff her in this little, little kind of like sack. Well, here you go. Here's our happy Mother's Day moment. Check it out. We're giving my mother, your grandma, a puppy for her Mother's Day. She's going to be surprised. Watch this. Here. Okay, guys. I think we are ready to begin the Cinco de Mayo Mother's Day celebration. Okay. You ready for this? Uh, who shall we go first? Who's who should we go grandma. first? I think we should do grandma. No, grandma. grandma. Grandma, grandma, you've traveled. Grandma. The, you've traveled uh, here, yes. right? Grandma first. You okay? Uh, all right. Uh, close your eyes, mom. Close your eyes. Okay. Close your eyes. Hands out. Okay. It's got to be a complete surprise. All right. Chase is going to bring no it in. Peeking, no okay. peeking, grandma. No peeking. Chase is going to bring I'm it not in. Peeking. You're not peeking. <laughs> You're not peeking. Okay. Okay. Like who, wouldn't you want me for a son? Uh, my mom couldn't believe the surprise, but then she had one for us. Come in here. At the end of the day, she goes, oh, Lily is so adorable. She's so sweet. Thank you so much. Here you go. I ain't taking her home. I was like, what? She literally handed the dog back to us because she's like, I don't want all the cleanup just like my wife predicted. Well, the short story is this. We're now actually stuck with this little puppy and we already had a big dog. Well, can I tell you? Lily turned out to be Lucifer. Um, Shih Tzus are notoriously hard to train. And I would like try to correct her. I've trained like, you know, larger dogs. And she was like defiant. I'd be like, Lily, no. And she'd just squat and look me straight in the eyes and be like peeing right on the carpet, on the couch. She peed everywhere. She was a devil dog. Okay. So we actually gave her to some friends who were, were looking for a dog and they had her for a week and then returned her to us. 
And so then I bring her to work to the church, and then another family are like, oh, our little girl's always wanted a shih tzu. And they took her, they kept her for a year, and they had to have all the carpets in their house replaced. And uh, my mom said, oh, I knew, I knew as a reason God didn't let me take her home. He was protecting me. Thank you, Jesus. You know. Now, good news, animal lovers. Okay, Lily did find a home. We just took her to the woods and let nature take its course. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Don't email me, man. Don't email me. Lily did find a home with a very experienced patient owner and hardwood floors. But every one of us, right, you could share a story like this where you just had this idea, you thought you were a genius, you made this plan or decision, like this is the perfect plan, and it ends up being a disaster. There's a way that seems right to men and women, but in the end, it leads, Jesus, God says, to death. Like, I just know this is the perfect job, but it ends up being a dead end. I know this is the perfect relationship. This is the kind of woman I've always wanted, and that relationship turns out to be a disaster. This is the perfect person that I should marry. He's the man of my dreams. We all know people who made a decision like that, and it flops miserably. It happens in parenting, how we handle our kids and friendships, and it can happen in finances, right? Hey, I know this is where I should invest my money. Like, this is a total slam dunk. If I invest in this, I'm going to make serious bank. And then it totally falls apart, right? We all can cite a painful example where you wish you had listened to God instead of your gut. But here's reality. God is filled with truth, and your gut is filled with pizza. <laughs> your, your gut is often wrong. Just because something feels right doesn't make it right. Feelings lie. Six months later, you're, you're saying about that relationship. What was I thinking? How in the world did I get tangled up in this? How did my life get so jacked up in something so stupid? Now here I am, hurt and scarred and burdened. I'm not blessed. I'm not crazy happy. I'm crazy miserable. So the first way to declare your dependency is to say, you know what? I depend on God's wisdom, not my own. Here's an anchor verse from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Let's say it together. Here we go. Ready? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In other words, don't depend on your wisdom, your hunches, your gut. In all your ways, acknowledge him in everything, money, relationships, time, and he shall what? direct your paths. In other words, what God's saying is, hey, don't go around saying, hey, I got this all figured out. I'm a big girl. I'm a big guy. I can handle this. I, I know what I'm doing. Don't be impressed with your own understanding. You got to have a humble spirit, poor in spirit. Instead, depend on God's wisdom, not yours. Like I know right now as a pastor, some of you are facing big decisions. You talk to me about them all the time. You say, pray for me about this situation with my business or my family. Let me ask you this question. Where do you need God's wisdom most right now? Like spring 2021. Like maybe you're here today, you're a young family, or you're, you're trying to buy a house. And you're like, the housing market is insane. And so you're debating, like, do we go into debt? Do we, do we you know, up our price? Do we get in a bidding war? What, what's your gut say? I don't know. No, what does God say? <laughs> I can tell you what God says. God says, act your wage. <laughs> Avoid debt. <laughs> don't lean on your own understanding. So how do you get God's wisdom in your life for that situation? Two ways. I want you to write this down. God's wisdom and God's will are in God's word. If you want to know God's will for your life, you got to read his book and you got to talk to the author. That's how you gain God's wisdom. Listen to what God says in James chapter 1. It says this, If any of you lack wisdom, you should pray and ask God, who gives it grudgingly and sparingly to nobody. <laughs> That's how it says. 
If any of you lacks wisdom, pray and ask God, who gives it what? Say it together, church. Generously and graciously to all. You know, you don't have to qualify for God's wisdom. He actually gives it to anybody who's humble enough to ask. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the beggars, the bankrupt, who ask for something they don't have. So understand, God doesn't want you to make dumb decisions. God doesn't, he's not thrilled like when you hit dead ends. Oh, that'll teach her. He doesn't want you to go through failure after failure in your life. He wants to bless you. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to be wise. So how do you know if you're really depending on God's wisdom? Let me tell you, you're talking to him throughout your entire day. You say, God, I'm getting ready to go in the Zoom meeting. What do you want me to say? God, I'm about to walk into this class. God, I'm about to go meet some friends. What what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? See, if you're not talking to God like that all day, you're depending on your own wisdom, your own cleverness. That's why so many of us have so many problems and so many things fall through. Again, God's wisdom and God's will are in God's word. And if you're not in the word, you won't know God's will. And if you're not in the word, you won't have his wisdom. Guys, this is the first key to being crazy happy. I depend on God's wisdom, not my own. So where do you need God's wisdom this week? And my question is, would you be humble enough, poor in spirit, to ask him for it. I'll give you an example how that worked for me. But here's a second way to be crazy happy. It's to confess, you know what? I'm declaring my dependency. I depend on God's strength, not my own. Can you say that together? I depend on God's strength, not my own. It's his power, it's his energy I need for every day, not my own. Have you noticed this, by the way? The older you get, the, more, the earlier tired you become. <laughs> Like last Saturday, we, uh, we went out, with the, we took a hike as a family, and I was just like so tired afterwards. We get home, I was like, whoo, call, you know, I was like, I was like let's, let's have dinner. And she's like, honey, it's 4.15. We don't live in Florida, okay? This isn't like early bird special at Sizzler, <laughs> you know? Listen, how, after this pandemic, how many of you feel tired? You feel exhausted, right? Depleted, like you're running on fumes, emotionally, physically. The reason is simple. You're a human being, <laughs> You know what that means? Your strength is limited. But listen, your father's strength is unlimited. Your strength is finite. God's strength is infinite. God never gets tired. So the poor in spirit say, you know, every day I depend on God's strength to live this day, not my own. Here's a wonderful promise that God gave me. I'll show you how this works out of his word from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. Listen to this. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their what? Their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Everybody say, eagle strong. Woo, eagle strong. Ah! (laughs) It's funny, actually, at the start of this year, this is my, my verse for the year. It was January 1st, and I had God's word open. I was looking for wisdom. I want to know his will for my life, for the church this year. And God pointed me this verse. I was actually in God's word, And then I walked outside and read his other word, general revelation, nature. And check this out. I saw this pair of eagles sitting in a tree behind our house. Literally, a husband and wife eagle, Mr. and Mrs. Eagle. They're just sitting there overlooking the lake behind our house. Check this out. January 1st, 2021. And we've got two visitors this morning to ring in the new year. Do you see them? A pair of bald eagles. Husband and wife team sitting here overlooking the lake, probably surveying to see if there's any fish 
buffet out today. Maybe a chili trout or a stray striper overlooking the lake. Very blessed to be here in 2021. And I'm taking this as our theme verse from Isaiah. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. Have hope, folks. It's 2021. Eagle strength. And the minute I made that terrible noise, they flew away, you know, right? <laughs> I'll tell you, January 1st, I was feeling pretty depleted when I was, at, when I was outside, spending time with the Lord. But as I watched those eagles eventually take off and, and actually soar into the sky, God reminded me of this verse in Isaiah. Those who hope in the Lord will what? Renew their strength. In other words, when your batteries are drained, God says, I want to renew them. They will soar on wings like eagles. They'll run. They won't grow weary. They'll walk and they won't be faint. And God showed me something in his word. I'd never seen this before. Keep this verse up. Did you see the sequence? It's actually in reverse. Walk, run, and soar. It's only it's in reverse sequence. And as I meditate on that, I said to our staff, I said, guys, that's how we're going to come back from this pandemic. I said, we're going to start out slowly in stages. We're going to walk in the first quarter to Easter. Let's trust God is still working even when we can't see it. We're going to rely on the Holy Spirit's strength. And we're going to do hybrid church online and in person. We're going to keep our congregation safe. Let's take it slow. But watch this. As COVID decreases and vaccines increase, we're going to begin running in the summer. We're going to pick up the pace. Our world is starting to open up in stages. And by the fall, with God's help, we'll be what? Soaring again as a church. Amen? Notice where I found God's wisdom. <laughs> where? Where did I find God's wisdom? In God's word. Where do you find God's will? In God's word. And so I said to our staff, I was like, guys, we need eagle strength in 2021. <laughs> Not our human strength. I'm out of strength. But we need the Holy Spirit. And so I did a little study, actually discovered something kind of cool. This is actually amazing. Geek out if you're, if you're an animal lover today. This is like bonus sermon for you. When I watch those eagles take off, take a look at this. They flap their wings to start, but then they stop and just glide effortlessly on the wind without flapping their wings. And they start soaring higher and higher. And I was like, how do they do that? It's called thermal soaring. This is incredible. You know what happens? They, they find rising pockets of hot thermal air. And they use the thermals to stay aloft. And that's how they soar higher and higher and higher. It's incredible. It's a phenomenon. In other words, they're channeling the invisible wind currents for their strength to soar. Isn't that cool? That's a picture, my friends, of the Holy Spirit of how God wants you and me to draw on the wind of his spirit to soar in our daily lives. When life gets turbulent, he doesn't want you just like, okay, start flapping the wings. Here we go. Get off the ground. Striving in my own strength. We're gonna, I'm going to stay alive. He's just like, settle down. <laughs> Be still. <laughs> Open my word. Dial in. Draw strength from me, from my spirit. And I'll teach you how to soar, regardless of your circumstances. You know, a friend said to me last week, they said, hey, Tim, where are you getting, like, the strength to lead this church <laughs> through, like, a, a pandemic, a racial reckoning, polarizing politics? And, and he said, aren't you exhausted? I was like, yes, I am. In my strength, I am out of gas. I was like, but I got eagle strength. Ha! 
<laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> but I was like, I got, I got the wind of the Holy Spirit beneath my wings. Those who hope in the Lord, I'm not hoping in, uh, in uh, the CDC. I'm not hoping in like all the reports. I'm not hoping in the vaccines. I'm hoping in the virus. I'm hoping in the Lord. That's how you renew your strength. They'll soar on wings like eagles. Turn to your neighbor and say, I got eagle strength. Go ahead. I got eagle strength. Bonus points. Make a talon and just kind of scratch. No, don't do that. <laughs> I, I, look, I don't know what situation you're facing this spring. Maybe you're facing a lawsuit. Or maybe it's some drama with your house. You're trying to sell it or buy it. Or you're going through a health issue. I believe God sent me to tell you, don't you dare tackle that lawsuit in your own strength. You don't have to face that chemo in your own strength. God has an eagle strength he wants to give you to get you through that trial. But you've got to tap into the Holy Spirit. Every day you've got to spread your wings. And here's how. I want you to memorize this verse this week. This is only one sentence, all right? I'm going to give you some verses to memorize in the series. Is that okay? Could you make room? Could you pause Netflix for a second and actually internalize one word of God? Here's one. Psalm 71, 16. Let's say it out loud together. Here we go. Big, loud voice, church. Ready? I walk in the strength of... It's a powerful affirmation. Let's say it together again. I walk in the strength of... Of the Lord. I want you to memorize that verse this week. Write it down on a card. Send yourself a text. Say it over and over 10 times a day till you got that baby memorized in your heart. Like when you get up in the morning, I know with some of you, and you don't, you ain't got energy to face today. You're like, oh man, you just like want to hit snooze. You know what you do? You swing your legs out of bed. You sit on the side and you be quiet for a minute and you say, I walk in the strength of the Lord. And then you get up and you go to school or you hop on your Zoom or you start caring for your kids. And when it gets hairy, you say, that's okay. I walk in the strength of the Lord. In the afternoon when you get that phone call and it's bad news and you're frustrated or you're scared, or all of a sudden you start feeling the anxiety and the stress. You know what you say? Let's say it together. I walk in the strength of the Lord. And after dinner, when you're like running out of steam, you still got to clean up and there's, you got to bathe the kids or, you know, help with the homework or balance the bills. <sighs> Deep breath. I'm with you, Jesus, and you're with me. I walk in the strength of the Lord. That, my friends, is the kind of woman God blesses. That's the kind of man God blesses. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit who say, I don't have enough strength on my own. But watch this. I walk in the strength of the Lord. You know, maybe you're older and, and you're facing all the pains and problems that come with aging. This is a verse for you. When your body isn't working like it used to, maybe you're struggling with memory loss. This is a great verse to write down and recite. I walk in the strength of the Lord. You know, one of the most famous Christians of the 19th century was a guy named Hudson Taylor. He was actually a missionary to China, brilliant man, spiritual giant, but his old age, he lost his health, and he was very, very weak, and he wrote this letter to a friend. He said this. He said, I'm so weak, I can no longer work. I'm so weak, I can no longer study. I'm so weak, I can no longer read my Bible. I can't even pray. I can only lie still in the arms of God like a little child in trust. And you know what? That's good enough. There's going to be times in life where you're so weak, you can't even pray. Sometimes you feel so weak you can't 
even read the Bible or talk with a friend and you can't do anything and you may not feel blessed, but God says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Just laying there in bed, you can actually rest in the strength of the Lord in his arms like a little child and trust him to carry you. Did you know weakness can actually be a blessing in your life? Only if it causes you to depend on God. You know, the Apostle Paul, he's one of the strongest personalities in the Bible, but he was familiar with weakness. Paul had some sort of chronic health issues. Some say it was glaucoma. But you know what Paul prayed? He said this. He said, three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away. Anybody here begging the Lord to take some situation away right now in your life? You got some weakness? You got a problem? Paul says, each time, you know what God said? My grace is all you need. My power works best in what, church? In weakness. In other words, if you got me, you don't need anything else. My eagle strength shows up in your weakness. Paul says this, he says, so now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses. In other words, he's like, I used to hide them. I used to be ashamed of my weaknesses. Not anymore. I'm proud of them. Why? So that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses. And in the insults and the hardships, the persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ, for when I am weak, let's say this together, for when I am weak, then I am strong. That's the paradox of declaring your dependence on God. The weaker you are, the more you get of him. The more his strength shows up in your life. Blessed are the poor in spirit. They'll mount up on wings like eagles. Guys, this is so powerful if you tap into this. And I pray you do. I know some of you are under incredible pressure between work and home. Maybe you're, you're raising little kids or caring for aging parents. And some of you are caught in the middle and you're just feeling squeezed this spring. And you know what God says? I want to bless you. In the middle of that madness, you can be crazy happy. Because I'll pour out my wisdom, my strength, my love. With less of you, there's more of Christ. Amen? So come to me. All you who are weary, heavy laden, broken, bankrupt. Any beggars here? God's like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let me help shoulder that load. Christ will help you carry it. And so what I want to do is close our service by making a declaration of dependence on Christ. You know the Declaration of Independence. That's great for our nation's freedom. But the kingdom of God is only accessed by a declaration of dependence. The blessings and wisdom and power of God can only be experienced in your life when you say, I'm 100% Jesus, totally dependent on your rule in my life. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who are dependent on Christ for everything. So I thought, I know how to do it. Let's declare our dependence by receiving communion. And that's what we're going to do. If you're at home, a church online, just grab whatever you have. And if you're at our live locations, we gave you a little cup that has a cracker in it on the way in. And it represents Jesus' body and his blood. You know, only Jesus could have preached the Beatitudes. Because on the cross, he perfectly fulfilled everyone. On the cross, Jesus was absolutely poor in spirit. He was brokenhearted. He was meek. He was hungry and thirsty. He was full of mercy. Talk about blessed are the peacemakers. On the cross, Jesus made peace with God for us through his sacrifice for our sins. You know what the world did? They looked at it and said, that's crazy. The cross is foolishness. But let me tell you something. To those who are being saved, it is the wisdom of God. The greatest sin of all is independence. Saying, no, I don't need God. 
And so God says, I want you to declare your dependency of your spiritual need for a savior and power source. Without Christ, you can't accomplish what God wants you to accomplish in your life. You can't do what he wants you to do. As long as you think, you know, I can, I can pay for this myself. I handle this myself. I'll take care of it myself. That makes you independent. And listen to me. Listen, if you're independent, you're proud. And that means God is against you. The Bible says God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So here's who for communion is for. It's only for the beggars. Only those of us who are like, I need to receive something I can't earn or deserve or pay for or manufacture myself. Forgiveness for sin, grace for our souls. So if you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're welcome at the communion table where he gives us his body, his blood to anyone who will admit their need for a Savior. So let's just take a moment. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Let's take a few moments for prayer. Just admit your need to God. Let him know any unconfessed sin. Ask him to cleanse you. Invite his wisdom in situations you're facing. And ask for a fresh filling of his spirit where you feel weak. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the blessed life of your son, Jesus Christ, who though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor so that we might become rich, rich in salvation, rich in your love, rich in your wisdom, rich in your strength. And so as we receive this body and this blood, I pray your favor and your blessing would pour out on your people. We admit our poverty. We declare our dependence on Christ alone. In Jesus' name, everybody said together, Amen. Amen. So right now, if you're at home or if you're at one of our live locations, you can take the body. That's the cracker. That's what the cracker represents. I, I always encourage you. I always break it. Just say, the body of Christ broken for me. Go ahead and take. Then you take the cup. Represents the blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with a friend. Thanks again for listening.